What would you create in education if you actually had the time to think, plan, and design something meaningful? Today, I talked to the incredible Alison McRae, who helped to start the CIS Ontario Women's Networking event. I'm your host, Celeste Kirsch, and we are Teaching Tomorrow. I asked Allison on the podcast to talk about how she leveraged the Cohort 21 experience to create an action plan that had a big impact on her community of educators. I am always amazed by people who have a full home life and take on big, exciting projects outside of their daily professional and family commitments. Allison is one of those people that you can't help but feel inspired by listening to her. We talk about the process of starting her women's networking event, but also the idea of leading from the middle, why you should hire a professional photographer at least once in your life, and the merits of creating an online presence for yourself as an educator. Allison is a gem of a human, and I adored getting to talk and laugh with her. So let's jump right in. Allison McCray, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm really grateful that we're re-recording this conversation because we initially sat down at the last face-to-face at Cohort 21. We recorded this whole conversation and we did it on my iPhone and the quality was terrible. So thank you for redoing this one. It's my pleasure. It's so good to get to talk to you again about this. Um, So I wanted to have you on because you not only had an amazing Cohort 21 action plan, but the work that you're doing in CIS Ontario schools is so important and so transformative. Um, so why don't you just start by saying who you are, where do you teach, okay. what do you teach, uh, and what do you like to do when you're not in the classroom? All right, so I have been teaching at Upper Canada College, also known as the UCC, for 10 years in the math department. I've taught grade eight, nine, 10 math for the last 10 years. So I've always told people middle school's my thing, um, it's imperfectly perfect, mm. and um, I like working with the boys on those things, executive functioning, where's your binder, why is your paper upside down, things mm. that they actually really could use guidance on, so um, I've always really enjoyed that part of teaching. Um, I have three little kids, which uh, keeps me very busy at home. I have a lovely husband. And I like to play tennis in my free time, be active, be a member of my kids' community at their school. I was mm. the, co- the co-chair of the parent council for the last couple of years. So lots of different balls in the air. It literally, <laughs> yeah. it feels like a really full life. Yeah. So tell me about this CIS Ontario Women's Network um, and what need in our educational community were you hoping to address with this? So, I think if I back up and explain sort of the origin of where yeah, it came from, <laughs> uh, there was talk amongst the female colleagues at Upper Canada College that it would be great for us to have some sort of a book club or an internal mm. female voice where we could talk about life as a female in an all-boys independent school. Actually, I'm curious. Can I interject yeah, with please. a question? Yeah. Um, what is the ratio of female to male teachers at your school? Um, I think I would guess at... 50-50. Cool. Yeah. But the interesting thing about that, it, this is just my opinion, is that many schools are female dominant. Yeah. So because it's 50-50, it actually feels like less than 50-50. Interesting. Yeah. But that's just my own yeah. uh, observation. Yeah. That makes sense. I hear you. Um, 
Okay, so we started this book club, or um, a colleague of mine at my school, Deirdre Timisk, invited us all to her house, and we, we decided to read uh, Sheryl Sandberg's uh, book, Lean In. Amazing. With very clear rules that you didn't actually have to read it, but we just wanted to be together and hang mm. out and um, have some sort of a focus for the event. So she made us this lovely lasagna and salad. <laughs> and it was, there had to be food involved. Yes, and it was this lovely fall evening that we had at her house, and we had such a great time, and... Uh, we sort of talked about what we could do next and how we could expand this voice. Uh, that was a Thursday night, and the following Saturday, two days later, was our first Cohort 21 face-to-face. Yeah. And the magic behind the Cohort 21 action plan and experience is you're actually given time to think mm. and discover and explore that you never give yourself time to do. So... I sat down with this big booklet that I was supposed to fill out, and I thought to myself, you know, I really want to do something meaningful. Mm. Um, And because it was so present in my mind, um, the experience I'd had two nights ago, I just thought, you know what? And I came up with a how might we question, which is the framework that we use at Core 21. And how might we was about creating a women's um, community and a women's mentoring networking opportunity within the independent school system. That's amazing. Yeah. And luckily, uh, Sarah Craig, who's the director of CIS Ontario, was at Cohort 21's face-to-face, mm-hmm. and I stood up, introduced myself, and asked if she thought this was a good idea, if she would be interested in supporting it from a CIS Ontario perspective. And she was amazing. So mm-hmm. supportive, excited, wanted to get involved. So it kind of was born out of those different experiences, um, a little bit of time, and... Um, yeah, some energy that I found somewhere. <laughs> That's amazing, though, that like the first face-to-face, you're thinking and processing this, and then you just go up to the executive director of CIS Ontario Schools and like, hey, I'm Allison. Here's my amazing idea. Like, right. That's really bold. I love it. You know what? And sh- sh- I think it might have been the environment maybe at Cart 21 that allows you to feel like it's just educators meeting together, mm. trying to be better together, and it didn't feel that bold at the time (laughs) right but that I think is a really good sign of how that community is born Mm -hmm. and when you network with other people that you wouldn't normally be exposed to like what you're creating with the event amazing possibilities can arise for sure Uh, so tell us about the event like I've heard a little bit about it what actually happened during the evening that you had planned last year so we were actually blessed with a late February Tuesday that was I think like five degrees outside and sunny and beautiful. Mm. Um, so I think that was really helpful. People wanted to be, people out. Wanted to be outside and they didn't feel trapped by the weather mm-hmm. or what have you, which is a risk, I think, in Canada potentially at any time of yeah, the year. Very true. <laughs> so um, we started when we when we started planning for the event as well, if I could back up, mm-hmm. sorry. Do it. Back um, all the way up. We had absolutely no idea what we were doing. In terms of, are we planning an event for 15 people? Mm-hmm. Are the So it was a collaboration with myself and two UCC colleagues, Tina Jagdeo and Deirdre Timisk, yeah. along with Sarah Craig yeah. from the CIS Ontario. And the four of us sat down and had all these meetings, and we really had no concept of what was going to happen when we did this. <sighs> and we were super worried that we were going to 
have 15 people, four of which were us. Uh-huh. Being there. <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't be the worst thing ever. No. And it would so, be a small, intimate thing. And success was really hard to define mm. other than we wanted people to leave feeling inspired and um, connected mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, like really comfortable with their role as a female in this independent school system. Um well, so a few, we released the registration and I think five days later we had 130 people signed up. That's insane. <laughs> and so what was your, okay, so you're like, maybe it'll be 14 people. What was your big, amazing number that would have been blow you away? Like, was it in that ballpark? I think we were expecting 50 to 80. Wow. Yeah. And the magic behind UCC was so amazing and supportive and allowed us to have it at the school mm-hmm. and not only have it at the school, but they hosted it for us. Mm. Um, but we had so much flexibility because we had essentially the entire school to work with. So we were just redefining what it looked like, whether we were in a smaller conference room, a classroom, were we in um, this, what we, we didn't know where we were going to be, but yeah, we had, had everything. We had everything. So yeah. um it came up as an idea to run it like a talk show sort of scenario. Yeah. So we had it in our David Chu Theater, which is a black box theater, uh-huh. with our lovely panelists at the front. Um, and we did it like a, um, a panel. So we had a moderator, which was Sarah Craig, mm-hmm. and, and three incredible women that were our panelists. So walk me through what the experience was like for you on your end like as an organizer what did that evening feel like i'm curious the evening felt to me um truly magical Mm. people started showing up it almost felt in a strange way like your wedding or (laughs) people that you know that are all coming together yeah but and and actually i mean tons of people i had no idea who they were but it was just so exciting to see all these women walking through the door hanging their coats up getting their name tags Mm -hmm they were all connecting with one another. Mm. It wasn't really about me, which is, I guess, how it's very different from your wedding. (laughs) (laughs) But in that, it felt very special. Um, Then we we had three incredible panelists. We had Martha Perry from St. Clement Mm -hmm. School. We had Rosemary Evans from UTS. And we had uh, Patty McNichol, who's our Chief Administrative Officer at UCC. Um, They were all really excited. And so we, everyone sort of tucked into that David Chu Theater and there was definitely like a nervousness and an energy mm. and my most favorite moment of the entire night was when we the moment it started because we're in this theater with incredible sound and mm-hmm. I swear to you I heard this big collective sigh of relief oh wow and there was silence and there was um compassion and and kindness it didn't feel competitive mm. it didn't feel um like you versus me it felt us and it felt um it felt like this opportunity to really share and connect um empathize um and that that was a really incredible feeling for Mm -hmm. me i can imagine the whole time i kept thinking like i want to record this i want to write it down but we'd actually made a decision not to record it because we wanted it to feel really authentic and in the moment. Mm-hmm. And in the moment. And in Whatever our... you record wouldn't have captured it fully. 100%. And mm-hmm. I do think there's 
this day and age when there's the opportunity to record everything, it's actually an interesting decision to not record it. Yeah, we say this as we're recording our conversation. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But it's our second conversation. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's like going back and redoing it. Right. Um, so yeah, it was inspiring and motivating and validating. Mm. Um, these heads of schools were sharing really raw, personal moments that, that none of us or I'd never heard them share that side of their lives. When do we ever get that opportunity to walk no. into our head of school's office and be like, tell me about a moment of failure, or tell yeah. me when this has been hard. We're all just in the busyness. So to take that moment and collectively ask those questions, yeah. so important, so powerful. Yeah, there were some really interesting, very personal things shared um, that were that I think were really inspiring for a lot of the attendees mm. to say, oh, like that's actually what I'm going through. And I felt alone going through that and now I don't feel alone because mm. other people are doing it too. I want to talk to you more about the event, specifically the photographer, but before I get into that, um, tell me about the need that you were hoping to address with this because as you mentioned, there's a lot of women in education, mm -hmm. there's a lot of female teachers in our independent school community, um, there's a lot of female heads of school. So as you're reading Lean In, as you're processing your own journey as a female teacher, what were you hoping to provide to our community? Because I think you hit something. I think you did something important based on how many people signed up and the response. But right. like, what were you hoping for? Um, I think it came out of this feeling that, and, and knowledge that men are really naturally good at networking and mentoring. My husband, for example, works in commercial real estate and he spends his entire life networking and mentoring and, and they go on golf trips and he goes on, we talked about this concept of like going on a fishing trip sort of in a theoretical sense, but um, women don't tend to do that. We don't give ourselves or enter into these opportunities to have mentorship or networking events mm -hmm. um, for whatever reason. So it felt like well, let's create one. Let's mm -hmm. let's have a day or an evening where we actually get together and be together and connect and build and support, inspire. Mm. So I think that's where it came from. I really I think all industries probably need this. Yeah. Um, and I do think that in education, um, networking and mentoring feels less prominent than it does in the business world. Mm. And I see what my husband does in the business world and how valuable and um, collaborative it is. So mm -hmm. I sort of wanted to bring that concept to education. So you've been teaching now for 10 years, you said. Mm -hmm. Are you now mentoring new teachers? Now that you're kind of like, oh, we need to have more mentorship, are you stepping into that yourself? Or are you looking for people to mentor you? Like, where are you in that journey? It, well, it's very interesting. I think that... In our early conversations about this, I'd said something to Sarah Craig, like, oh, no one would want me to mentor them because mm -hmm. what do I have to offer? And she kind of looked at me like I had three eyes, like, of mm. course you have something to offer. So I think, um, you know, I'm in my late 30s. I didn't necessarily feel like I have something mm. to share because your first 10 years of teaching comes and goes really quickly. Um, and you, I think I always am looking at the teachers that have much more experience to me than, than I do as the ones that should be mentoring. But I think that there is actually mentorship is about relationships mm -hmm. and about not about necessarily hierarchy and that um, you can share experiences with younger teachers, older, more mm -hmm. experience, less experience, and everybody would learn from that. 
Well, it's like you um, wrote this on your blog about leading from the middle, mm-hmm. and Garth had really talked a lot about that in Cohort 21. Like, you might not have an official leadership role, but being able to lead from the middle, you can mentor from the middle too. Like, you can mentor sure. above you, you can mentor to people who are, you know, just starting out in their career, and I think that's what you're creating with right. this event. Um, and actually the leading from the middle phrase hits so deeply inside of me that, and as middle school teachers too, right? <laughs> yes, like we exactly. both are like from the middle. Yeah. I uh, know. And I'm a middle child. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh my I God. understand this position well. Yes. <laughs> but, um, I guess for me as well, my youngest was three last year and I was starting to feel like I had myself, I was getting myself back because mm-hmm. after having three kids reasonably close together, mm-hmm. Lots of mat leaves, coming back, trying to find your footing. Um, it's really easy to lose sort of who you are and what you're doing. So, her, my youngest being three, and then I had a, I have a, I had a six-year-old and an eight-year-old, and I think that I was starting to feel like I had a little bit more capacity to do something for myself. And so yeah. when I heard Garth and Justin say this concept of leading from the middle, it was so powerful for me. I've always been someone who's interested and engaged with the administrative side of things like mm-hmm. I always had dreams I'll be a principal one day I'm gonna do that um, and then when I had my family I thought well okay <laughs> let's rethink that because there's a lot of need at home too and I want to be with my kids mm-hmm. I'm an educator and it feels nice to be with them mm-hmm. as well so I sort of thought okay well I guess I'm not gonna be a principal I guess I'm quote-unquote just gonna be a teacher which mm-hmm. I know it doesn't sound what I mean, I didn't, I don't mean it to sound that way, but, um, when I heard this concept of leading from the middle, it gave me the courage to try something yeah, and to just do it. Permission. Permission. Almost. Yeah. Like who needs the permission? Yeah. <laughs> if you think something should be done, go and do it. Or if you think something can be done, go and do it. And mm. the magic behind the event was that it wasn't just me. It was a collaborative experience with two of my colleagues, Tina and Deirdre, Mm -hmm. um, with Sarah Craig, with the support of our amazing principal, Sam McKinney. It was really so much collaboration and everywhere I turned, people would say to me, how can I help? What can I do? I want to be involved. This is amazing. It felt like I was rolling downhill with this experience instead of Mm. most things in life often (laughs) feel very much like you're pushing something uphill. So that was a really nice experience for it yeah I think the takeaways for people listening find your people get them to be on board with whatever big dreams you have and to find the need and just create absolutely it is so much about finding your people Mm -hmm. and having the permission to dedicate time to do it Mm. so I saw photos from the event and it was amazing and so lively but what struck me was that you had amazing headshots taken of the people. Tell me about that idea, where it came from, and what people said about their headshots. So a good friend of mine, Emily Dukajanis, who's an amazing photographer. Put her link in the show notes. Okay, we will. <laughs> and she took my professional headshot, actually the very first year I went into Court 21, because cool. I feel like it was really hard for me to find a picture that I wanted out in the world that represented who I was mm-hmm. and how I wanted people to see me. So mm-hmm. my this friend of mine, Emily, part of what she does is these professional headshots and her um, magic behind it is is she's able to capture you and, and who you are. Mm-hmm. 
So it's a bit of an investment. You pay pay money for this session, obviously. And but it gave me so much confidence to create myself online. Yeah. I think that we're often taught that the online world is dangerous and negative <laughs> and you shouldn't be on it and people will find you. Um, and that's what was so neat about Card 21 is that it was, yeah, get people to find you. Yeah. Write a blog. Tell everyone what you think. Go on Twitter. Be public. Share your thoughts. Engage with people. And don't be afraid of it. Mm. Well, And be aware of it. Like, I think that the risk-benefit matrix, I think you have to just be kind of aware of what risks are out there. Mm-hmm. And you always have to, you know, be thinking about what you post in the lens of like how would a student hear this for sure would a parent hear this and I think that's what's so nice is that you're when you create an online profile for yourself as an educator that's what you're presenting you are presenting yourself as an educator and you're not and you should be proud of your ideas and Mm -hmm. thoughts and um anyway so I had my headshot done it made me feel great and that was one of the things that we came up with as an idea um that women probably need a picture of themselves mm. that they can feel proud of. Um, so Emily donated her time to wow. the event. Yeah. yeah. So, so great, uh, generous of her. And I was so grateful. Um, and she did these headshots for um, anyone who was interested. And they're beautiful. They are like, beautiful. The photo of you captures you so perfectly. It looks it's just stunning. Like, Thank you. It's so good. And I think when you have a really good quality, I mean, think about all the things that we have photos for. It's like Google, your Twitter account, LinkedIn, all these things, and it could be the way that somebody decides whether or not they hire you, which clearly it's not just on your photo alone, but it's a foot in the door. It's like, oh, this person looks like they are presenting their best foot forward. For sure. You would not show up to an interview with yourself that you look like at the cottage. You show up in a, you want to, I think the nice thing is it allows you to control something that can feel uncontrollable. Oh my gosh. I love that. I want to just put that up on a quote on the wall yeah like it's so tricky to be in this world today where there's photographs and cameras everywhere Mm -hmm. um and you want to make sure that you're proud of the image that you're putting out so that was a really big deal for me it gave me a lot of confidence and so i i really want to share that concept with some of the participants so what have you heard about uh how people were processing the event like what do people say afterwards Honestly, we had such incredible feedback. Of course you did. At the event, after the event, we got so many follow-up emails from people yes. saying how inspired they were and connected, and it was just what they needed. We mm-hmm. did it late February, which is kind of a tough time of year for everybody. So mm-hmm. I think getting that extra ounce of collaboration and connection and seeing people that you hadn't seen in a long time, um, meeting people who were leading from the middle who were in positions of leadership, brand new teachers, mm-hmm. people that had changed careers and yeah. were um, more mature in their age, but brand new in the industry. So it was, um, I think, a perfect time of year and a perfect experience for people to be together. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so we got such great feedback. Um, everyone was, we've sent a follow-up email asking for what what next? What yeah, would you guys what, like to what see? What is next, actually? Because I'm, I'm hoping that you're going to do another event this year. So interestingly, after, at the end of last year, we thought to ourselves, okay, we did this thing and it went really well. And how do you replicate that? Because mm-hmm. it went so well. And there were so many people that had come to us saying, we want to be involved. We want to, we could even host it next year. Mm-hmm. So we actually thought, okay, well, maybe we'll pass it on. Mm-hmm. Maybe this will be something that we share. I love that. 
So that was the plan. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then we've had a few meetings this fall so far, and we've actually decided that in order to crystallize and really consolidate the idea, we're going to host it at UCC one more time. Um, We're looking at a format that's more workshop-based. And our plan and our hope is that we can find other people who are want to be involved actually even in the planning this year Mm. because we recognize that it's three UCC colleagues planning it and that it would be great to have other voices Um, so we are actually looking for people to join like an advisory committee sort of thing how can people get in touch with you because I'm assuming someone's listening to this and like yes please yeah well they can send me an email okay we can put that in the notes totally do that Um, we would love yeah we really want to have some people involved with us this year Mm. Um, and then the idea is hopefully that someone else will be interested in hosting it the following year and then I get to come as an attendee yeah (laughs) and there will be wine and cheese I hope at whatever event you plan (laughs) yes we had lovely wine and cheese and and uh, yeah, we had cheese from the Cheese Boutique, which oh, is a lovely. delicious West End store, and uh, Peely Island Wine, which my sister works for. Keeping so it local. Have... There you go. That's perfect. Yeah, so that's the plan. And we're planning for a Tuesday in late February, so mm-hmm. everyone can clear their calendars. Do you have, do you have a date set yet? I think yet? it's February 26th. Okay, cool. Um, we have to run it through all the different channels at the school, but I, right. so far crossed. I think we're okay for that date. I'm so excited. I couldn't, yeah. I don't remember why, but I couldn't come last year, but I'm putting it in my calendar right now yeah. and I'll be there. Well, we'd love to have you. Really excited. Um, I want to go back to something you were talking about before you started Cohort 21 and you were kind of talking about all the different... I don't want to say excuses, but reasons why it wasn't the time for you to step up into leadership and the process of embracing leading from the middle. I am so in awe of people who have more than one child who manage to teach and do interesting things outside of just those two really full demanding commitments. I am wondering like, what kind of advice you have for other people who have really full on family lives and really full-on work lives to take on these really big, juicy projects. Um, maybe it's through Cohort 21, like their action plan, or maybe it's just you know a teacher who really wants to start something for their community. How did you navigate? I think it was really about finding people that were like-minded and just as passionate. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my project, it was our project. Mm-hmm. It was so many of us together so many people offering a lending hand um and it was the and actually the four of us sarah deirdre tina and i we all have such different skill sets Mm -hmm. and it felt lovely it the meetings were great we had so much fun together we had like a lovely follow-up dinner afterwards and i think the the combination of skill sets just magically happened Mm. to be to work together um and in terms of finding the time I don't think you're ever gonna have the time I think there's always a hundred other things you need to do but it's about just actually doing it and I know that sounds really that's not helpful (laughs) like many things I think you commit to I think it's about writing it down being public saying it out loud and Mm -hmm. just going for it and and I think like I said it, it felt so lovely because it felt like I was really supported Mm-hmm. Um, that we were all supported. So that was, I think, why it went well. Um, and it was so worth it. Yeah. That's the other thing. It's like planning a trip, which is so much work. Right. And or it's, your wedding. Or your wedding. 
And you come home after the trip and you're so tired. Mm-hmm. But thank goodness you went on that trip. Yeah. Yeah, that's really a really good comparison because there's no excuse to not planning those big experiences. Yeah, but, and I, I think you only get to live once. Mm-hmm. You only get one shot of this. Yeah. So do it. I love it. You're such a good mentor already. Like, You're I mean, so sweet. no, I'm serious. Like I have one kid and seeing people who have more than one child do really big, amazing things in their work lives or their professional lives or their personal lives. It really blows me away. And oh, you're so sweet. Well, thanks. One kid's a lot too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's all a lot because it's like the most for you, right? It's, right. You know, if you just had a dog, it would seem like a lot too. It's yeah. just like... You know what? The other thing is I have so much support. I lean mm-hmm. on my in-laws, my parents, my, my husband's amazing and supportive, and he was so excited for me to do this. Yeah. Um, so I think that's it, really having a tribe. Reaching out and asking for the tribe, right. too, because if you, you didn't start that first group of women sitting around talking about Lean In, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. So it's like find your people, connect to your people, for lean sure. on them and yeah. lean in. Yeah. And, and actually things. going to that dinner, right? Because yeah. so dearly hosted that dinner and invited all of us. And it's really hard sometimes to go out Thursday night after a really long week when you've yeah. got, you have to get a babysitter or what have you. And I think everyone showing up mm-hmm. was a big deal. Um, so I think that that's part of it. Yeah. So show up to the networking yeah. event yes, in late February. Please. You have no excuses. I can't <laughs> wait to see everyone there. It's going to be amazing. Awesome. Uh, okay. So every podcast, as you know, we close with a ticket out the door, which mm-hmm. is just random questions. You may be prepared for them, but okay. you can't really. It's not a math question. I would never ask you a math question. Those are the types of tickets that I give out I to know. my students. <laughs> it was funny. There was someone else who was like, what's a ticket out the door? I'm like, is that just something that like I learned about in teacher's college. Okay. I'm glad that you've heard of it. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite book to read to your children? That is such a good question. They are all so different, my kids. Mm. Um, and to be totally honest with you, sometimes at bedtime, I'm a little bit too tired for books. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure you're supposed to tell that to English teachers, <laughs> but, um, I actually really encourage them to have books in their bed and, yeah. and read independently. Of that. course we read together sometimes, but putting three people to bed that aren't going to agree on one book. I'm like, fine, you people go into your own bed and you read yourself to sleep. Yeah. So that works really well in our household. Any book that you can read on your own is a good book. It's a win. Yeah, I love it. Um, Where's your favorite place to go on vacation? Oh, my husband and I recently went for our 10-year anniversary. We went for seven days alone Mm. to Italy. Oh, my God. And it is really magical. Squad goals. That's oh my a gosh. Good thing to aspire towards. It was. And I, I mean, 700,000 people helped take care of my kids. Yeah. So that was really <laughs> helpful. And a lot of people thought, why did you go away for seven days to Italy? And I said, well, that's what we had. That's what we did. So we did it. I love it. <laughs> uh, what is the best gift you ever received from a student? Oh, you know what? It has to be a note. Mm-hmm. Like, I love getting those notes from those students. And actually, the funniest note I ever got was one that the opening line was, I thought this was going to be the worst year ever. <laughs> and it wasn't, I and hope. And then it followed up with, but it was the best year ever. Oh, yes. So I love those experiences that talk about real connections and relationships and growth. and Because um, it's those relationships that are really hard sometimes yeah. and worthwhile. So that especially, was actually, I swear I kept that because it felt really special to me. Yeah, especially in the middle years. I feel like it could go one way or another. Totally. And with good teachers... It can be life-changing. Yeah. Uh, what is the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Mm. 
That is such a good question. Um, depends on who else is awake. Because actually, in theory, I always say to myself, I'm going to get up first and I'm going to be all ready for when the kids wake up, but it doesn't happen. <laughs> no. Um, so I think it's some matter of feeding someone else <laughs> or dressing someone else. <laughs> um, but uh, I can't even, I don't even know how to answer that. There's no consistency. No, I love it. What's Just, the thing you do when you get home from school? Mm, uh, my kids. Yeah. I see them, and there's a lot of downloading. There's a lot of stories. There's uh-huh. a lot of this happened, that happened. Um, we have a very busy household in terms of um, we've got two kids in rep hockey. Yeah. And my four-year-old, who believes she's in rep hockey as well, yes. and she does a little learn-to-play program. Uh-huh. Um, so there's a lot of... Ha- a lot of uh, cl- coordinating games and practices gear, gear. i know it's bags so of stuff yeah so yeah, you need like a... it's a get home download re-coordinate and then back in the car mm-hmm. often but i have to say as a phys ed grad mm-hmm. um phys ed is my other teachable nothing brings me so much joy than watching my kids play oh, i know so it sounds good. like a lie but it's really not i love mm-hmm. it so so much so it feels really fun for our in our family and my husband are the same so we it's just it. yeah we mm-hmm. like it it's us okay so finally what do you think is the future of learning oh collaboration yeah you're ready to go with that one yeah i believe in not so deeply i don't think it's about textbooks and test scores i think it's about relationships and people skills mm-hmm. and when you look at people and adults and how they find success it has so little to do with their grade nine math test, mm-hmm. which is what I teach, so I'm picking that, but it has so much to do with their ability to communicate, collaborate, be kind, be compassionate, be empathetic, mm-hmm. and that's sort of how I view education, that is why you're at school. Yeah. I know I'm there to teach them math, but it's everything else I think that matters so deeply. And that's so exactly why you created this networking event like that is the best note to end on you are collaboration oh thank you thank you so much for coming in and doing this convo thank you for having me i am so excited to confirm that the date for the cis ontario women's networking event is set for tuesday february 26th 2019 open to all cis ontario teachers If you wanted to dig in deeper to anything Allison and I chatted about, check out the show notes as I've included many links and resources there for your reading pleasure. Thanks so much for listening today. Now go find your tribe and remember we are teaching tomorrow.